I want to preach to you today when God gives us something to hold on to. Amen. We've got to have help. Everybody say, we've got to have help. Amen. There is no way that we can run this race. There's no way that we can live for God without God's help in our life. We just must have his help. I want to show you just a little bit from the scripture how that the reason we need help when you consider these scriptures and uh, our feebleness. I'm going to begin today in Romans 7 and 18. He said, for I know that in me, listen to this, that is, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Sounds like we've got trouble, doesn't it? He said, I know this, the apostle Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He said, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good? He said, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, guess what? That's exactly what I fall into, and he said, and I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He said, I find then a law that when I would do good, help us, Jesus, when I want to do right so bad, he said, evil is present with me. When I want to do good so bad, then evil sticks its ugly, awful head up. And here is my dilemma and my problem. John said, for all that is in the world, then he talked about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He said, it's not of the Father, but it is of the world. Romans 5 and 17, for if by one man's offense or one man's stumbling, talking about Adam, death reigned by one, he said, one man in this world stumbled, and because of him failing God, then sin moved in and death moved in. He said, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Again, talking about Adam, the offense, or when Adam stumbled and had bad judgment, came this came up on all men to condemnation. Sin fell upon us all. What a, what, a, what a sad picture today these scriptures paint in our minds. What a, what a troubled time for all of us. What a battle that is before each one of us in this building today. Let me tell you, there is nobody that is above what I have read to you out of the Word of God. Yeah. Amen? Nobody. It doesn't matter uh, uh, color, race, what your last name is. It doesn't matter how good your mom and dad was. You're still trapped in this old sinful nature, in this jailhouse of sin because sin has been passed down. What a struggle and what a battle that it is today for every one of us that's in this building. Nobody's above it. 
And, and the apostle Paul recognized these things. He said, I know that in me that is, he said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. When you turn this flesh loose, when you allow the flesh to have its right away, let me tell you, it'll always mess up and it'll always make the wrong choice. And it will always make the wrong turn every single time because in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. Then he went on further to say that, that when I would do good, he said, because sin is, is there present. Amen. Before I can do what I know I need to do, sin has already, I've been overcome by sin and I'm, I'm doing what I know not to do and what hurts me and what hurts my loved ones and what hurts others and, and what messes up my life and messes up my family and messes up my neighborhood and messes up my world and my country. Before I know it, I'm already into it again. And I promised everybody that I wouldn't do it. I promised myself. I know it's so bad and it's so evil and it's so horrible. But you have to understand, within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I'm a captive and I'm feeble and I'm helpless. In fact, the apostle Paul went on to say, Oh, wretched man that I am. What a troubled person I am. And how I am torn between all these things. I'm talking about what we were born with. I'm talking about our flesh. I'm talking about our struggle today. And I'm not talking about there's a few bad ones and there's some good ones. I'm telling you every last one of us are bad. Every last one of us are struggling today with our flesh and the war is raging and the war is on. And it would surprise people that you look up to to know the thoughts they had this past week and the battles they had and, and how they had to get a hold of their mind and they had to control their thoughts and how they had to resist the devil or they would not be in this house today. Hallelujah. But oh, by only the mercies of God. Oh, that's the way church, come on, help me today. You're helping me preach, respond to his spirit. We're sad, we're sad. We've got a terrible, terrible trial and battle on our hands. And it's only God to help us. Oh, Jacob of old, he called his sons the Bible and he gathered them. He said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Come around here, boys. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. And then he called his elder son, Reuben. And I'm going to tell you this is the way it is with all of us in this building. He said, Thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. But he said problem is you're unstable as water and thou shall not excel. And I'm going to tell you that's not just a few that we're all Rubens in this building and we've all been trapped by this terrible nature. Amen. In fact, the reason he was telling this is because he had no control over his flesh and he had committed adultery or fornication and sins that he could not control 
his sexual driving appetite and desire. He said, because of this, you're unstable as water and you're not going to its excel. Yet, we're commanded of the scripture that we've got to stand. I'm going to read to you some verses today what the, the New Testament told us, the Apostle Paul, that we should do. He said, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Again, he said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Again, the apostle Paul said, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Again, he said, wherefore, take unto you the armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many believe this is an evil day? Everybody say evil day. Amen. This is an evil day. And we're commanded by the word of God. Hear this, this flesh that is like water, like water. It's unstable. It's commanded to stand fast. It stand, withstand in the evil day. And having done all, he said to stand then again, he said, stand therefore, having your lungs girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Again, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit and in one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Again, he said, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy, he said, and crowning, he said, is so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. He said, you are my joy and you're my crowning victory when I see you. So please, he said, please, please, he pleads with them, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly Beloved, oh hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. I'm talking about our problem. I'm talking about myself. I'm, I'm preaching about you. I'm preaching about the person that's sitting beside you. I'm preaching about the person that's sitting in front of you and behind you. Every last human being that's in this building today, I'm preaching to you about our flesh and how that within our own help and our own strength, we cannot stand. And now we are commanded to stand. Therefore, my beloved brethren, stand. Therefore, he said, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. Thank God for the traditions, whether by word or our epistle. And he said, now we live if we stand fast in the Lord, we're going to have, we're going to live, and we're going to be blessed. Oh, God, help us today. Upon all of us, you know, the reason I took time to read all those scriptures is because I want you to know what your calling is today. I want it to be crystal clear in your mind that in a world where there's trouble on every hand and sin and there's temptation, everybody say temptation. There's temptation everywhere to do wrong. 
I just wanted it to be clear in your mind that the scripture said that we've got to stand and we've got to withstand and we've got to stand and we've got to stand and we've got to stand and we've got to hold on and we've got to stand steadfast that we would be unmovable in this glorious truth. Yet we're struggling with our flesh that's weak and no good thing within it that longs for the evil and longs for the wrong side of life and the dark side of life. Oh, no, Brother Holmes, that's not my flesh. Hey, friend, this old book's right. You get rid of your self-righteousness. You get rid of your self-righteousness because I'm going to tell you that's even a sin. Amen. Yes, your picture is taken in the book. Everybody's in the book. Amen. Within our flesh there is no good thing. And we struggle and battle to know what to do. Amen. We struggle with this thing today. How are we going to stand? How will we overcome? And how will we have victory in our life? How can we do it? Knowing all these things, Jesus gave this parable to us. He gave a parable of a sore that went forth. He said some, some people... The scripture said the seed fell by the wayside and the fowl came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where there was not much earth forwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched and became, they had no root because they had no root. They withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And others fell unto good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Then the disciples walked a little ways, and they said, Tell us, what does this parable mean? And he gave them a better understanding of the parable. He said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. This is in the 18th verse. Amen. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth the way that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed in stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and a noun with joy receiveth it, or immediately he receiveth it. Then he said, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Oh, God, help us. Amen. How are we going to stand? How are we going to make it? I think it, the key is found in this parable. Jesus said this, you need a root. You need to have a root if you're going to stand. The first uh, part of the parable is given to the one that the seed that fell by the wayside. And then they, they heard it, but they did not understand it. And then here comes someone and they, the wicked one, they catch it away. That which was sown in their heart. Amen. He that which received the seed 
This is the one that fell by the wayside. And then this is the one for us to focus on today, and that's the seed that falls into stony places, and there's not much earth there. They receive the word immediately, and they're joyfully glad while they're receiving it. Yet hath he not root in himself. He doesn't have the root system he needs. He, he will last for a little while, and then when tribulation comes and persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Tribulation, the word tribulation, it means distress. It means suffering. It means misfortune. Amen. When tribulation or distress comes or they're suffering for a little while or they're going through a hardship or it's a misfortune in their life, the Bible said it rises because of the word by and by he is offended and he is destroyed. Oh, God, help us today. Put a root in us that will reach down where it needs to be. That's the reason we emphasize the Word of God in this church. And right after we talk about loving the Word of God, we talk about what? Prayer in this church. Because you need a well for yourself. You need to be able to touch God and drink from your own well. When you're going through distress, when you're suffering, when there's hardship in your life, when misfortune has come your way, oh God, may you have a root system. Everybody say root. Amen. May you have a root system today that will go down whenever thing, when all the winds are blowing against you. Whenever thing is coming against you, may you have such a root system. Amen. In your life, it says, no. Amen. I will not give up. This flesh is weak, but this Holy Ghost is strong. And if you can connect up to this Holy Ghost. And if you can get a root system in your life, amen, even though you're suffering distress, even though you're suffering, even though you're going through hardship and it's misfortune in your life, you still, you're anchored to the truth. You're still getting plenty water. You're still getting plenty joy. You're still getting plenty anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life. I want to tell you something today, my friend. If you it doesn't matter how big the trial is. It just matters how big the anointing of God is in your life. The anointing will always, it will always surpass. It will always overcome the biggest trial in this world. In fact, if you're walking with God, you know what trials do? Trials just make you stronger. It just makes you want to dance a little more. It just makes you want to laugh right in the devil's face and say, you think you've got me, but you're a liar and the truth is not in you. I'm going to rejoice in my God. I'm going to rejoice in my salvation. Let me serve notice on you, Mr. Devil. I wasn't living for God for the fish and loaves anyway. I was living for God because I love him and I'm going to serve him. All the days of my life. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So if we're going to overcome, if we're going to live, live for God and be victorious, we're just going to have to have a root system. The problem was, yet he, he, had, he did not have root in himself. He did not have root. 
Oh, church, I want to tell you, it's shouting time. When you think about having a root in yourself, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sin one day used to move me around, but it's not moving me around today. Distress and trials and problems used to rock my boat, but they're not rocking my boat today. Hallelujah, because I'm connected up, I'm connected up, I'm connected up to the vine. Amen. It's more than just a branch. I go all the way down to the root system, the trunk of the tree. And from the trunk of the tree, amen, there's a root down there somewhere that when it's a July, dry summertime in Arkansas, my leaves are still shiny and green, and I'm still bearing fruit, and I'm still overcoming, and I'm still living a victorious life. Because you see, I'm not just living for God for what I can glean, but I'm living for God because I'm connected up way down there. And the world sees the outward, but we're living from the inward. The world sees the distress, but we feel the victory. The world sees the defeat, but we feel the glory and the anointing of the Holy Ghost springing up. I'm preaching today to people that's got a root in themselves, and that's the reason you're here today. You've got a root in yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Another way that this was put in the book of Isaiah, the Bible said it like this. Isaiah said, I will clothe him with a robe and strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit my government into his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Listen to this. I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. He shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. Isaiah said, I'm going to clothe him with a robe. Old flesh, old flesh, you're going to get the Holy Ghost and get clothed with a robe. I'm going to give him strength with the girdle. And I'm going to commit my government or my word into his hand. And he shall be a father of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the house of Judah. Amen. He's going to give me a robe. He's going to give me strength. He's going to give me a government. Amen. And he's going to give me a promise for the days to come. And he said, and I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. I'm going to take a nail. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a nail. And I'm going to fasten him with a nail, and it's going to be in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. Then he said, let me tell you, if you don't love this truth and this way and this God, 
and he's speaking to the Jews, Isaiah was. He said, in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed and be cut down and fall, and the burden that was up on it shall be cut off, for the Lord has spoken it. I'm going to tell you, God can nail you up solid or he can pull the nail out of you. He can put a nail in your feet and nail you to the truth and nail you to this good life or he can pull the nail out of you and turn you loose or let you go. You know what I, I think we ought to do today? I think we ought to rejoice for the nail. Nail me, God. Nail me, God. Nail me, establish me in this glorious and wonderful truth and anchor me to this truth. Oh, what a blessing it is. What a joy it is. After 70 years of Israel's suffering, 70 long years they suffered. All kind of trials and being forced out of their homeland. The Bible gave a tremendous burden upon Ezra. And Ezra led the people of God in the ways of the Lord after this long, long time of suffering. The hand of God was upon him, and he had such a burden for the people of God. And even after they had come back and they were allowed, you know how God touched the heart of the heathen king and put it in his heart and said, you turn those Israelites loose and you let them go back to their promised land. Church, I want to tell you something today. We have nothing to do but to shout and rejoice and thank God that God spoke to the devil one day and said, open up that prison, open up that jailhouse and let that child out of there. We would all still be in prison today if God hadn't have said, let him out. No, no, it's not our flesh the reason we're here. Because let me remind you again, within our flesh is no. Amen. So it wasn't our flesh that brought us here. Our flesh would have drowned us deeper in the wages of sin. In the cesspool of this world, we would have just went deeper and deeper and deeper and farther and farther from God. More drugs, more sin, more adultery, more lies. Farther and farther from God. But God, in his good mercy, came along and put it in the mind of the old heathen king, said, turn him loose and let him out. And, and this is what happened for Israel. They were delivered. They were set free to go back to their promised land. But when they got back to their promised land, they didn't understand some things they should have been doing. They failed to separate, the Bible said, themselves from the people of the land, doing according to their abominations. They just kept on. They got right back in the sins of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Moabites, the Egyptians. They followed in their footsteps, and they continued in their way. In fact, the Bible said, for they, they took the holy seed, 
They have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yet the hand of the princes and the rulers, they've been the chief ones in this trespass, in this sin, was the princes and the rulers and the priests of the people. They were doing it more than anybody else. No wonder people can't get straight when they can't hear a straight preacher. You're never going to get straightened out until the preacher gets straightened out. Preacher's got to get it in his heart before he can put it in anybody else's heart. You can't hear except you've got a preacher. Well, hallelujah. Everybody all right today? Everybody happy? Yes, sir. He said, they're doing it more than anybody else is doing it. And oh, Ezra was such a tremendous burden. The Bible said he rent his garment and his mantle. He plucked off his hair and his beard and sat down. And then them that were uh, assembled unto him, listen to this, listen to this today, were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel. Everybody that uh, came to Ezra and assembled with him, every one of them feared God. Why am I in this church today? Because I have a respect for God. Everybody that came to that church that day where Ezra was preaching, the Bible said every one of them trembled at the word of God of Israel. And then the scripture said he arose up, rose up and from his heaviness, from his, from his garment, fell upon his knees and spread his hands. And he said, oh, here was his prayer. Oh, my God, I'm ashamed and blush to lift up my face unto thee, my God. For our iniquities are increased over our head and our transgress is grown up unto the heavens. He said, since the day of our fathers have we been in great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings, our priests, been delivered into the hands of the kings of the land. Here's what's happened since we sinned against God. Ever since then, we've been delivered in the hands of the kings. Listen, if you don't live for the Lord, you're going to have another Lord in your life, and you're going to have another king in your life. He said, our priest has been delivered in the hands of the kings of the land, to the sword, to captive, to spoil, to confusion of faith. We don't know which way to go. We don't know which way is up as it is this day. Oh, and this is where, where Ezra continues this prayer. Listen to him. He says, and now for a little space, grace hath been shewed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. He said, for we were bondsmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us 
and our bondage. But he extended this mercy unto us, and he has helped us even in our bondage. And he said, after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great trespass, seeing that thou art our God, has punished us. Listen to this. God hath punished, punished us less than our iniquities deserved and has given us such deliverance as this. I'm going to read it to you again. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our sins, Seeing that thou, our God, has punished us less than our iniquities deserved and hath given us such a deliverance as this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what a nail will do, don't you? A nail will keep you from slipping. A nail will keep you from slipping. A nail will keep you from moving. Why has so many people come and got the Holy Ghost and lost out with God? They never got a nail. You know what the nail is? The nail is the mercy and the grace of God. That God would love us so much, even though we were all started out on that same level field of flesh, that there is no good thing within us. Yet, his good mercy and good help, God said, I'm going to give them a nail. And Oezer said, I'm going to tell you, Israel, we've been wrong, we've messed up, and God has given us this little space. And let's not lose the nail we've got. I read to you where Isaiah said God gave him a nail, and then he said, I'll take the nail away from you. And that was what Ezra was troubled about, is God had given Israel a nail and a little space of repentance and help. And now he feared that they would take it for granted and they would lose their nail that God had given them and lose their stability, lose out with God. But the mercy of God, which represents this nail, will keep you through the fiery trials, through the temptations, through all the sin. You know what I want to say to you today? And I thought about titling this message this. Take care of the nail. Hey, if he marked off the Jews, which was the natural seed of Abraham, he said, let me remind you of something. He'll, he'll cut us off too. 
You know the reason we're still in this church today is because we're still shouting about Jesus and we're glad of this lifestyle. We're glad of this structure God's given us. We're glad of this place God has given us. We're not kicking the fence. We're not fighting against the walls. We're not against the Bible. We've got an open heart and an open mind and we're saying, give us more of the Bible. Preach everything that's in that book to us. Don't withhold the truth from us. Above all that there is in this world, I've got to be saved. <clears throat> you know what that's doing? That's protecting the nail. That's protecting the nail that God has given you. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Because we're all like jello. Where our backbone is full of jello. I mean, we have no power. We're like a wet spaghetti. We can't stand up on our own. You turn this flesh loose and it'll, it'll go to the, to the bad side of life. But what's keeping it from going to the bad side of the life is the grace of God that said, I'm going to put a nail in them. And I'm going to hold them firm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we would go, there's grace there that covers us. That's the reason treasure this prayer. Come to prayer meeting. Pray every day. You don't feel like praying? Pray anyway. Why? Because it will help you. God will help you take care of the nail. And that weak moment when sin will overcome you, the grace of God will be sufficient. The nail will be there to anchor you and to hold you to the truth and to the rock that you need. Come on, ushers. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all just walk right down here. And, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just come all the way to the front, brothers. And, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all can go right ahead. Amen. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you're a liar. Satan, the truth is not in you. Satan, the truth is not in you. I'm going to take care of the nail that God has given me. I'm going to take care of the anchor God has put in me. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, come to the music. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We believe you, Jesus. Amen. I hope I've got enough nails for everybody. Amen. If you don't, we'll, we'll get, get some more. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Holmes, will I be back tonight? Will I be back Wednesday night? If you got a nail in you, you'll be back. If God ever cut you loose, you can't find your way back. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lift up your hands and voices. I want you to lift up that nail to God right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anchor us. Anchor us, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Oh God, oh God. No wonder the scripture says, stand with me if you will. No wonder the scripture says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Everybody say, be careful for nothing. Hey, when you're careful for nothing, you know what you're doing? You're taking care of the, everybody say it. Let me give you another verse of Scripture. He said, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. By the time you think you got all this figured out, there's no way that brother so-and-so could ever fail. He said, take heed, lest you take a tumble. Again, he said, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I still have your attention all the way from the front to the back up in the mezzanine? Can y'all hear me up in the mezzanine? Amen. I can't hardly hear you. Glorious. He said, listen to this, but put ye on, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoo. Get up in the morning and put on Jesus. And listen to the rest of that scripture. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the nail. It's the nail that's saving us today. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, and this is Thomas the doubter, he said, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand unto his side, I will not believe. You know, it's Calvary today. It's Calvary that's keeping us. Thank you, Jesus, for the nails. I want all the men to walk down to the front with me today, and we're going to pray together one more time. We're going to pray the grace of God upon us. Amen. This next week, that his hand would be upon us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Oh, yes, God, all through life's journey. Oh, yes, oh, he Step across and join up with another sister. Oh. 
to pray with us today. Oh, give us men that are anchored to this thing, God. Give us men that's got their foot on the rock, got their mind made up. direction, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Come on, let's pray together, brothers. Oh, come on, sisters, y'all pray together while we're praying together, oh, God. Give us real leaders, God. Give us men of strength, pastor that was struggling and he just taken the church not long ago and, and he says just not going good and he had made the terrible mistake by calling all the pastors that had pastored it before him and I thought well, yeah what could they tell you and then they basically failed quit resigned they didn't resign I'm sure because it was such great revival maybe some of them because God moved on them and I thought about what God was dealing with my heart. Amen. The, the blessing that God has given us here and back in 19, about 46, 47. Hallelujah. God gave us a nail in this place. Amen. He gave us a nail. He nailed us to this truth. He nailed us to this message. Brother, we had a daddy that loved this truth. He loved this message. 
Hallelujah. And I want to tell you today how you treat the nail is how the next generation will treat the nail. And I want us to take care of it around here, church. Men, that's the reason I wanted to ask you to walk up here around with me today. <laughs> God's been good to us. He's trusted us with his glorious truth. And I will tell you, here we are, grown up. Man, from just young people to daddies and now grandpas. And the devil still never gives up. He can make you do some of the dumbest, stupidest things and mess up the nail that God has given you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God for this truth and thank God for what we know. <laughs> and I just had a vision clearer than I've ever had before in my life. If we don't take care of this thing, you may think, man, I'm going to stand. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to tell you what our little muscle and strength don't mount to a hill of beans. If God does not help us, if God does not keep this nail for us, that's what Ezra was telling Israel. Said, we've got this little space of grace. Take care of the nail. Separate, you said, he said, from the people of the land and the abominations. Get away from them. That God will keep this nail for us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, men, I ask you today, thank you for joining with me this morning at 10 o'clock in prayer. It's sisters, too. I appreciate all of you praying. Hallelujah. Would y'all just help me take care of the nail? that God has given us. Amen and hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you hold it up one more time in closing to the Lord? Say thank you, Jesus, for this nail of truth. Come on. Oh, God, don't ever let it slip. by the grace of God. God bless you. You're dismissed. Shake hands with somebody. Tell them thank God for the nail.